When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, and welcome to the 103rd episode of Lake of Rage Pokemon Trading Card Game Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by three very special temporary guest hosts. All three of them will be attending Portland Regionals, and they're going to be helping us out with a Portland meta discussion. I'm going to have each of them introduce themselves a little bit, how long they've been playing, some of their accomplishments to show you that... You know, all three of these players are very good, and I've asked them here mostly to help myself pick a deck, but maybe to help some of you pick a deck as well. So the first one, and joining us for the very first time, we have Cameron Shinoy. Cameron, how long have you been playing, and what are some of your accomplishments? Um, I've been playing since 2017. Um, I started, my very first regional was the Drampa Garbador in Vancouver. Um, that, that format, my accomplishments are... I top 32 twice i've top 30 16 twice and i've top eight but i'm definitely the least accomplished player here so uh yeah that's me <laughs> i mean i am here too to be fair and I'll, i have, i've never made a top eight got some top 16 so you got me beat at least uh keon what about you how long you've been playing and what are some of your accomplishments hey everyone my name's uh keon amini i've been playing well, i've been playing since 06 when my older sister used to play then I played like oh oh eight to ten like kind of competitively. Then around twenty thirteen, I played very competitively till now. Other than the last couple of years, um, some of my accomplishments, my most proudest ones, are I've I've won four regionals and top four OCIC and sixteenth at worlds. Um, and um, yeah, that's me. And lastly, we have Stefan. Stefan, how long have you been playing? And it's not the first time you've been here, so people have heard your voice before. But how long have you been playing, and what are some of those accomplishments? Yes, hi. Thank you. Um, I've been playing since uh, 2010, more or less, um, without interruption, although there were one or two years where um, I couldn't really play a lot. And I, am a, I won NASC twice in 2018 and 19. And I also have a couple of regionals wins. So as you all can hear, some uh, some pretty good players here to give us their opinions and three people who very well could be holding up that trophy at the end of Portland regionals as well. So uh, first question I want to get to is just the classic one, right? What are the top three decks you expect to play against? And I am going to challenge you. Don't just say Lost Box. Does that the Greninja version? Is that the Charizard version? Is it Forest Seal Stone, the Turbo Multiple Vacuums? Is it Sky Seal Stone? You know, same thing for Mew. Is that the DTE Path or is that Fusion Strike? Or So try and be specific on those types of archetypes. But uh, we'll go Cameron and then Keon and then Stefan. So Cameron, what are those top three decks you expect to play against? Um, I think the top three will be Turbo Lost Box. It'll play something like... Uh, pretty similar to the Australia list, maybe like five-ish cards off. Some are playing like the Sky Seal Stone as well. So I think that's a good one of attack, whether or not you play 2-4 Seal Stone with that. 
is up to you. And there's like a couple other techs. Um, I think a couple cards off from towards list as well. I've seen that a lot at League Cups, maybe just playing an out or two for Alolan Vulpix, maybe some other changes. And then the third deck, I'm not too sure. Like Lugia was probably the more popular deck um, and it's kind of fallen off at Cups and after EUIC, but I still think it'll, it, it's a very strong deck. It does what it's supposed to do. So I think those will be the top three. Got it. So the Forest Seal Stone, Turbo Lost Box, Guardi based off Tord's List, and then Lugia. Kian, what about you? Your top three decks you expect to play against? Um, pretty similar to Cameron's points. Definitely that Lost Stone vacuum deck, the like two to three vacuum Dragonite Lightning, um, as well as Gardevoir. The third one, I, I, I think Lugia or either Mew or Lugia. Mew's... I've seen a lot of top players playing Mew at um, like local events. It's like pretty consistent, and it's a pretty accessible deck as well. I mean, all decks are accessible, but um, Mew's always been a deck the whole past two years, right? So it's it'll probably be there. DTE Mew, gotcha. Uh, like Judge. That's an interesting. The accessibility, accessibility. Oh my gosh, I speak for a living. The accessibility factor is one that like. Guardy's so cheap. <laughs> so it, it's one that like, oh, Guardy's going to be an expensive deck. And then suddenly like Chrysalia costs more than the Gardevoir EX, which is just like ridiculous to me as far as being able to get the cards. Mm-hmm. And Stefan, top three decks that you expect to face at Portland. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to, to agree. Um, most, mostly, um, I think Lost Box will be in there, but um, I do expect there to be a bit more stable Zard than... Uh, well, I don't know if it's going to be the most played... Lost Box variant, but I think it will be uh, pretty represented because it's the best at um, EOIC. If you look at it, it did surprisingly well. Uh, Pedro got top four with that. And I've seen a lot of people, uh, maybe that's just a local effect, but I've seen a lot of people pick it up and try to um, yeah, do, do well with it at local events. So I, I feel like, uh, I don't know if there's going to be more of it than um, the Turbo variant. I have no idea about that, but I do feel like uh, it will be played more than it used to be. Uh, as for the other two, um, I would definitely put Lugia in the top three. Um, I think, um, even though it might not be the most popular for local events, maybe because most locals are in, are in best of one and people are afraid of breaking because the deck is, is consistent, but it, it's not all the, the most reliable. Uh, maybe it's just because people want to, to think, oh, it's just a late challenge. I'm going to try something fun. I'm not gonna, just going to play the same old Lugia conflict thing. But I do think that uh, for a big event like Originals, I think that Lugia will be in the top three because it's still very strong. And I think Gardevoir will be the other deck in the top three. Um, it was surprisingly popular at UIC, and obviously it performed better than expected with Tors getting second. And now everyone is playing basically Tors list with maybe a few cards different. Um, fourth research cut for Serena mostly. Um, people cutting maybe a level ball for um, the second Gardevoir from Chilling Rain. And obviously, you can try out some other stuff um, here and there, but uh, like cut the penny, but something else, Clara instead of, of uh, Miriam, whatever. You can try out some things, but I think most God of War lists will be like four or five cards of Torch lists at most. Awesome. So it sounds like in general, most people are agreeing on the meta being about the same decks, right? The best decks are going to be played the most. <laughs> you know, massive shocker there, right? 
We did get a question from Twitter that kind of goes off of this. So this one's from Chris Butler is what does everyone think will be the best and the worst conversion rates for day two? So those were the decks that we would expect to face, right? These would be the three most popular decks, but conversion rate, which ones will be the most successful from day one to day two? And that might be for a million different reasons, right? Better players are playing these ones versus other ones, or like these are played in such large numbers that they're just not going to be successful, you know, whatever you want to go with. But uh, we'll go with Stefan first. What do you think will be the best conversion rate deck and then the worst conversion rate deck from day one to day two? Well, I guess technically worst conversion rate would have to be any random rogue, but like two people bring to the originals <laughs> and none of them make day two, so that would be a zero percent. But fair. <laughs> um, for a, a bit less of a useless answer, um, I think God of War will have a bad conversion rate because I think that people expect it uh, a lot. And I think that... Um, the deck is not easy to play perfectly, and yeah, I feel like now that people know what to expect, and um, also they may be getting stuff like Penny, so if there's any My World tech that um, is around, then it will beat Gardevoir. Um, I don't know, I feel like some people will do well with the deck, but, but overall, those people who are not, who don't play the deck well enough, um, will play it, and that will probably um, tank its uh, conversion rate. As for the best, um, it's hard to say. Um, I guess Gudra was a surprise pick for UIC, but I don't expect it to have the same impact again. I think it will do decently, but people will be more prepared. Um, I'm going to go... I don't know. I, I want to say that... Okay, this might be a bit bold, but I feel like Giratina will have a good conversion rate. Um, Arceus or Lost Zone? Sorry? Arceus or Lost Zone? Oh. Um, both actually, I, th I think Arcina could have a, a pretty good conversion rate actually because it's uh, it's not that it's not it's pretty good um, in the meta game, especially against against Gudra, um, and it can definitely handle things like God of War with Dutch Path, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like people don't respect the deck a lot, and it's not super popular, so it will be played by few people, but um, they, I think they can do well with it. I think Loz and Giratina can also do well, um, because I think it, like, it does decently in the, in the meta game. You can uh, play stuff like Cleansing Globes if you want to one-shot a God of War EX, or, uh, or uh, New Vmax, even though you don't really need that against New Vmax, because you can just drape on and Loz the Um You can do you can you be good to stuff like this. Uh, the only thing is that Lozen Giratina is also a, a deck that is kind of the, the, the basic Lozen deck that many newer people will pick up, so that might uh, tank a bit the conversion rate. So I don't know for sure, but I feel like the deck um, will do better than uh, it did at UIC. So that one definitely catches me off guard. So before we get uh, the other two's top decks, I want to see uh, Kian and Cameron. What are your thoughts on that statement of Giratina decks are going to be successful? Or is that something you're like, ah, actually, I could see that? Or is that like, uh, you know, big number doesn't mean big success? Gian, what do you say? Mm, from like, I haven't tested the Arctina deck too much, but I remember when I tried like Giratina, the straight one, I just felt like the deck was a little average. It's just not as fast, right? You don't play like, I don't know what people's lists are playing, but like I don't play Vacuum or I feel like you're just doing things worse than other decks like Dragonite. Like Dragonite's faster and it could do like 250, but I could see Giratina being okay because it like 
blows up like all these anti meta decks in a sense, but like I don't really know if I expect the anti meta decks to do as well again. Um this is kind of my thought process. Mm-hmm. Got it. So you're like, eh, maybe not so much Tina. <laughs> Cameron, what do you feel about that statement that Giratina decks are gonna be uh successful? Um so I'm kind of in the same camp where I don't like Giratina, but there's been like Kobe Kawasaki and his brother Cameron Kawasaki play it at locals a lot. They do well with it. They've beaten me a couple times with it. <laughs> uh, so like I I think it's a strong deck. It it has a better um, like Keon said. I think it just has like better matchups across the board where like the, some of the other variants take um, certain losses. And having like the Giratina V Star out is strong, but I do think Gudra is actually a little bit better. I think. Um, gotcha. Than Giratina. And I do want to throw out there too, because you said locals, and I want to mention that the name you mentioned is the runner-up from Vancouver Regional. So, you, despite being locals, that is a very good player, right? And his brother is yeah. also very good too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I'm pro Tina. By the way, I Arc Tina is on my list as much as I. I hate it. Both of you said that deck is incredibly average, and I think that is 100% correct. <laughs> but uh, sometimes average is just kind of good. So I, I'm pro the idea of Arctine having good conversion rate, because I'm going to imagine that I'm one of the people who is converting the deck. <laughs> I mean, Shemansky's deck was kind of average in one. That's also true. <laughs> I mean, you know, double Drapion's good. Volpix was apparently good. Sometimes you just do the thing, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next one, the top... Th- sorry, not the top three decks. The decks with the best conversion rate and the worst conversion rate. Uh, Cameron, let's go ahead and jump over to you for this one. What do you think are the decks that will have the best conversion rate and the worst conversion rate? Um, I agree that um, that Guardi is going to probably have the worst conversion rate. I think a lot of people are just picking up the deck. Um and if you look at Tord's run, like he had a great run, but he only played against one Loxbox player. Um, he might have won. I'm not even sure. But I he don't won 101, think, yeah, or 11. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily think that matchup is great, especially against like the Turbo um, variant, even the Sablezard variant. If they play Steelstone, they can get 10 in the Lockstone pretty quickly. Um, but the Ninja variant kind of just blows it up, in my opinion. And. Uh, so I think that will kind of keep it down, and I, that goes along with, I think, Turbo going up in play, that Guardi will kind of go down in conversion. And then the best conversion rate, um, I actually think is going to be Gudra. And I don't respect the deck at all. I hate the deck. Whenever I play it, it's trash. And then Polaris plays it yesterday, and Polaris does his run-hot magic and absolutely slaughters everyone with it. And it's <laughs> like, okay, this deck is good. Um, I just don't know how to play it, but... Uh, yeah, I want to go off Gudra real quick, and because we have one of the biggest Gudra believers, maybe it was last format, but Stefan is here. One of my conclusions with Gudra has been, and I think it's kind of what Cameron was alluding to too, every time I play it, it feels like I'm not winning, my opponent's finding a way to lose the game. Is this an accurate way to describe Gudra if it punishes misplays hard, or are there lines that I'm just not seeing with the deck because I'm not quite there yet? I don't know. I'm not. I don't feel really that way. I feel like Gujarat is actually less formats. 
the deck was just under-respected by people because they felt, oh, it loses to Lugia, so it's bad. Mm -hmm. And although the matchup was not the best, uh, it was playable. And the deck had actually a very good matchup spread against the rest, against basically every Lost Box deck, against, well, except Giratina, but that wasn't played. Um, it did very well against Regis. Uh, it did fine against um, Mew. It did, uh, like, overall, it, it was a, a pretty solid uh, deck in the beta game. Um, right, the no post rotation in the current format, it's a bit different because you have to be more careful about, about things and you, it's still a lost zone deck, but it's a lost zone deck, but it doesn't, it has to be very careful with benching comfies because against things like lost box, for example, um, you can, you don't have scope net anymore to <laughs> take your, uh, one price Pokemon back. And so you're very weak to save a lie in the late game. So you have to be careful about not benching too much stuff. Um, so that people can, so that you cannot play around your Kudras, they have to go through them and then you can tank and heal. Mm -hmm. Um, so the deck is a bit different, has to play Melanie or Rayhan or both and, uh, focus on this. And I don't think it's like, I don't know if it's outplays people, uh, because it's not like the deck does have some lines and you can add some tags like Articuno or whatever, but, um, it's not the deck that recurs the most, um, skill or anything, but it's, I don't feel like the opponent loses because they misplay or something. It's just like the deck has, is pretty solid and just having a big tanky thing is good when people don't play decks, but one shot it like Giratina. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's just not, I mean, it's just yeah. the, the, the healing, the, the, the fact that uh, decks in the metagame, many decks are not really equipped. Um, to, to one shot Kudra. I guess God of War is the other exception, and that's also one reason why I'm not ra ranking Kudra as high as I think uh, the boys here are, is because I feel like God of War will be played a lot, and God of War has the tools to, to one shot uh, Kudra Vistar. Mm -hmm. um, the tools being Zacian, <laughs> obviously. Um, Can't forget so the Sky Seal are... Stone on that, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel that's one reason why Kudra, I think, will not do as well as it did at EUIC, because I expect more kind of war, but I might be wrong, obviously. I do want to throw it on the side of that one, because people clicking on this are hopefully subscribed to the channel, and if not, be sure to check out youtube.com slash mail underscore Magikarp. Uh, the original Turbo Lasso deck that I played had no bosses orders, and the reason was, all right, you play no boss, so you never Lasso in the boss, so your opponent always assumes you have access to the boss. And then Gujar became good, and you said, you know, you have to respect Gujar, and that's part of why there's lugia matchup he also needs a boss but that's part of why there's now a boss in the turbo loss zone list and i highly recommend you strongly consider a boss or two in that turbo loss zone deck if you're going to play it if you're listening to this kian do you have any thoughts on gudra i'm not sure because you're the only one here i don't know what you've been playing so any gudra thoughts or you're just like yeah it's definitely a goo uh, you know big tanky thing um it was like like my third choice for euic and i think but like um, I think, like, some developments, like, that Lugia deck playing Duraludon now is kind of worrisome. Like, I know, like, it could... The deck is supposed to beat it without Duraludon. That's how it was built. But, like, um, if these, like, Lugia decks play Duraludon or Urshifu VMAX, that's kind of worrisome, right? Like, they could blow up your Gudra. I mean, I know you could Articuno in that matchup, but... Which can help. Um, I haven't tested that matchup extensively with, like, updated Lugia decks. And Gardevoir, I mean, like you guys said, if Gardevoir doesn't convert, like, Lost Zones are taking out Gardevoirs, yeah, maybe Gudra can do all day, too. I, I think it's okay. Like, 
I, 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 I would be kind of worried about playing it because I don't want to play against Gardevoir. Like, Kian, <laughs> um, we haven't heard from you. What are the decks you expect with the best conversion rate in a day two and the worst conversion rate in a day two? Um, I kind of agree with Gardevoir. Like, more Lost Zone. It is hard to play. Like, I try to play it, and, like, you're playing, like, seven actions in a turn. Like, sometimes, like, oh, I shouldn't have, like, uh, refinement. I should have maybe dug for VIP pass with Mew and, like, discard and discarded it with refinement. Or, I don't know, like, I try to see things or discard energy, hold energy, attach energy previous turns onto, like, Curlia. Um, it is, like, kind of a, like, challenging deck to play, obviously. It's very sequence-focused. Um... I like thought for UIC like Lost Zone decks maybe have a worse conversion rate because they're very difficult to play for like an average player. I feel like only you have to be a very decent player to like. You guys know like you Lost Zone like two two cards like yesterday had a cup. I like had to choose between like my third gate and Sableye, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> like if I if I uh, took the wrong one, I could have lost. So, um, best conversion rate. Mm, I would say this is a bit challenging. Um, I don't want to say Lugia. Um, <laughs> Just go with the same as EUIC. I was tempted to say Lugia. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's good, but best conversion rate. I would have to use it more. I mean, I would say Mew, but Mew's okay. It's not amazing, but it's been doing well. Like, it's consistent. Um, I can see Mew doing well for if, like some certain top players play it. There's like a group of players or just certain players I know that play that deck and they could do well. It's like it's a bit like um it's consistent, it does what it does and disrupts. Yeah, it turns out hitting one ninety every turn and disrupting your opponent's hand is you know, <laughs> a very viable strategy, right? Yeah, Mew is one of those two that is deceptively hard to play. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of times I assume it's happened to you all too on like the PTCG live ladder or at locals, like they path themselves and end up bricking off of it. And it's like, that's a, that's a clear difference. If you sit down from, I assume, you know, table Mon Pablo, when he was playing it, that was probably not something <laughs> that he ended up getting bodied by his own path. Very often. There's definite skill level to that deck. That is uh, a little subtle. Yeah. Yeah. There's just one thing I want to, to add also that we, I don't think we mentioned it, but mm -hmm. about uh, worst conversion rates, uh, because we mentioned God of War and Lost Box. And these decks also have uh, one thing in common is that they the games are pretty long. And I think one thing that can also prevent them from getting a good conversion rate is you have to be able to play very fast with these decks and know when to scoop, when to play a very fast game too. Like, um, I've, been, have, I've had games like with Lost Box where, you know, I don't even use my compatibility because it's game free and I want it to finish. So I, I rush and don't use my Confia Ranger because I know I'm going to win. I don't need them, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so I just go fast because I need to. Um, it's more important for, to, for me to pass the turn to the opponent than to draw one more card or whatever. And I think, like, um, it's very easy if you're not very used to the deck, if you're not very used to playing fast in general. It's very easy with these decks to um, just get a tie because you win game one in 30 minutes, you lose game two in 20 minutes, and then you're shuffling up and it's time is cold and there's no winner. And I think this can happen a lot more uh, with these decks than with something like Mew or Lugia, which are more straightforward. I mean, Mew does have a lot of draw, but um, since it plays free prizers, you lose free prizes when there's a Drapion or something like this. So uh, games tend to go faster for people. Yeah. 
I think that's definitely generally good advice for this format because yeah. Guardi is slower than Lost Box somehow, and Lost Box is already slow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it can be. And yeah, that's what I was noticing at UIC and that uh when I was playing there, I was like, this is gonna be a, a game one format and you really need to watch out for getting cheesed out of game two. And at the mock regionals that I went to yesterday when we were playing best of three, there was a lot of ties. <laughs> um, and that also just, you know, I'm not saying anyone's bad, but just like kind of if you're not as great in skill level, I think that's where it kind of shows as well, not being able to f just like tying a lot. Especially those early rounds, that's something that I feel like has always been kind of a big deal because that's where people are playing slower because you you just started playing for the day so you might feel a little bit rusty or something like that or you might just be hitting those people who aren't used to it and you suddenly run into like oh they're not picking up their pace at all and then once you're in the tie bracket <laughs> that is <laughs> that's just that's just game over at that point you start 001 you just like i have to 2-0 the next person or i'm out of luck <laughs> i guess 1-0 sometimes too that happened to me at uic <laughs> <laughs> I was 0-1-2 to 4-1-2. I hit ties I should have won, but that's what it is. That's an unfortunate part of life, right? And that's one of the reasons that for... So this will lead into a discussion, I promise. But I'm a big Lost Box believer, big Turbo Lost Box believer. But after Worlds, people who listen to podcasts, you've heard me complain about this before, but I'm going to complain about it again because I'm still salty about it. Played Radzard, right? Deck's super nuts, but your opponent steals one game off of you, and then they just choose not to really play game three. And so they force the tie, right? Lost Box feels kind of the same way in that you're faster than Radzard was, but eh, not fast enough that your opponent can always force a tie if it's a bad matchup. So what are you... Is that like a real consideration for you? Or can it really be a, I'm just going to play faster, right? So does that affect your like game plan, not game plan decision, but your deck decision to be like, uh, if I have a bad game two or game one, I'm just getting a tie and that's the best thing here so i'm not going to play this deck or is that just like yeah i'll just play faster it's fine or i'm just not going to lose <laughs> that's also a valid strategy i suppose i'm just quick aside i dm pedro about the top four list and i was like how'd you finish game three and he's like i don't know i 2 would everyone so it's a valid strategy right but uh keon what do you think is that affecting your game decision or your deck decision at all about this some decks are just so slow or are you just like man i'll figure it out i'll play faster or whatever no, that that definitely does because I I played Lost Box at one regional and did it well, but um, I was kind of hesitant to play it at other regionals. Obviously, I thought like Lugia and Regigigas were better, so I just played those instead. Mm. But uh, um, I was scared of playing. I was scared of playing Lost Box at a different event this year, so I, I just liked playing like faster decks or just decks that finished game quicker. But I think in this format, like. I know Turbo Lost Box, I think it acts decently quick. I mean, it could it's very aggressive, so I think it's not like the same as other like Radiant Zard that that I played that deck at a regional. That deck takes a while to finish games because you're just you're just like methodically just doing stuff. <laughs> um, it's a very long game yeah. of solitaire. <laughs> um but still at the end of the day, like if that shouldn't affect my judgment for picking a deck, right? If I think this is the best or this, like I'll I'll still play it, right? Yeah. Stefan, what about you? Is that affecting your deck choice at all, or are you just like, oh, I'll figure it out? 
currently same thing um i might take it into consideration if i'm sedating between two decks where i feel the same way or feel like they're at an unequal level but if there's a deck i feel okay i know how to play this i feel like this is the best choice the best metacall and i have at least i know how to play it but i'm happy with um even if there's if time is considerations are not favorable for that deck i will still play it and just i don't know play faster if i, if I need to <laughs> And Cameron, you kind of already alluded to it, but uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I think it. Um, I decide that um, it's a big factor in my decision making for decks. I you can't always control how fast your opponent's going to play, even if you play faster. Um, I do think I would be willing to play a slower deck, but I would have to feel um, I have a, a lot more reps with it to be comfortable to be able to make the best decisions and. I don't want to say manipulate time, but that's because you cannot do that, but just mm -hmm. use the time to the best of your abilities with that deck, right? Yeah. Um, if it takes a while. There's those situations where you know all the decisions, you know, you know like, the knowledge comes into play there a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So we haven't really gone into Guardi a whole lot, and I will tell listeners, if it's the first time you're here, go check out last week's episode with Tord, where he dove into every single card in detail, you know, all that good stuff. But if you were to play Guardi... As I think this is just one of those questions for everyone. Would you tech for a Lowland Vulpix? And how would you tech for a Lowland Vulpix? So we'll go with Cameron first, because you kind of already gave us your answer earlier. But would you tech for a Lowland Vulpix and how? Yeah, it would be uh, my, my uh, Guardi variant that I played at USC is diff um, pretty different from Tord's. Um, there's a lot of similarities, but I played Triple Clef Key and Hatterene for the Lost Box matchup. And I was playing Penny. I never really used Penny. Um, I think I only used it against Pedro once in day two, or I used it a lot against him because he was playing the Mawile. But I think you just cut that for a rope. And I think rope is really good to also just, for my variant, get Klefki into the active um, if you needed to. Uh, I also play two boss. And with rope and double boss, I think it's pretty good in the mirror where you can start targeting down. Um, they're curly is, especially if uh, you have a Klefki in the active, they're not as willing to put down the ninja and the Mew early, so it's more likely that their bench is just all Ralt, and so you just have more ways to target that in the mirror, um, which is how I've been winning, is using double boss and rope just to kind of stifle their draw engine. So I just think rope is a really good card for that, um, for Guardi to have. Got it. So rope actually having some extra utility in there that interests me quite a bit <laughs> any edge in the mirror seems incredibly important because otherwise the mirror is i got my ex out first it feels like kian what about you if you're playing guardy are you taking for lowland volpix and if so how um i gotta agree with cameron like my list had like boss and serena i kind of researched then like i don't have rope but i was either like a rope pass slot um i think another judge could be helpful like versus mirror or Lost Box, because you just, in Lost Box, if you set up, like, you want to crest, they have Cram active, you crest their Sableye or Confi, then judge him, you could really slow him down. Same as Mirror, like, crest is just, like, insane in, in Guardi Mirror and Lost Box. Like, mm -hmm. I haven't tested it, but, like, maybe you could play two of those, but uh, I have not tried that. But uh, crest is just really strong versus those two decks, Mirror. And um, another suggestion was... Um, I, I was not, like, I was thinking about, like, can you play, like, three rare candy? But I was thinking about, like, I don't think three is good. I would maybe play, like, a forest heal stone or Arvin. So you could, like, hedge or, like, just, just like, that's the, like, the game, right? You get turn two candy and you just, you're fast, right? So 
something that speeds you up. The four seal stone's an interesting one for sure. Uh, we saw James Cox uh, testing it on stream, you know, not that long ago. But it's like you don't use the uh, sky seal stone in every matchup, yeah. and four seal stone is. I mean, good. <laughs> it's like a very good card, <laughs> you know, yeah. turns out. Right. So that's definitely one that's like, eh, maybe this should be in list. Right. Mm-hmm. Stefan, if you're playing Guardi, are you teching for Lowland Vulpix? And if so, how? Um, it's tough to say, because I don't know. <laughs> um, probably because I don't really like losing to stuff, uh, like having auto losses to stuff. But at the same time, I feel like Vulpix is beatable you know like Todd wasn't very far from winning mm-hmm. arguably if his boss wasn't prize in game two he would have won a uic um true so i don't know obviously we could see Vulpix in more stuff now like gudra as mentioned uh, but it could be a, a place where uh, this could be could be played but i don't know i don't feel like um i i would consider it i i do like the sk pro uh for the reasons that cameron mentioned um, but I don't know if I expect that much Olympics, and I feel like if it's something like the, the list that uh, Alex Shemansky played, I feel like you can beat it without um, the it. I think like having, for example, Serena alongside the boss also gives you more outs to uh, knocking out um, the Olympics before it evolves, if I stuff like this. Um, so I feel like you can afford to not really have a hard deck against it and just um be like okay i think like i can do decently against that with by outplaying the opponent and just playing well um one thing i say that is that yeah if you take something if it should be something like uh, dsk probe don't play something like uh, uh mimikyu ex that's what people have been mentioning uh, i feel like this card is just not worth it <laughs> basically cessation but has pure hp and cannot use kcl zone um so yeah don't play a uh, this sort of random tech that is just for build picks. Um, play something that can also have uses in other matchups, like mentioned, like the, the rogue that can be useful in the mirror match or something like this. Or there's even like um, a Galade, the fighting type Galade from, I think it's Jillian Rain, mm-hmm. um, where it doesn't one shot build picks, but it has 170 HP. So um, you also survive it, assuming that you didn't uh, take damage, but you only need two energy to charge it up. So that's doable. <laughs> Uh, especially against um, an Arceus deck. And it also has users against stuff like Miraidon and Mew. So um, I don't think it's worth, like I thought about it. I don't, I don't think it's, it makes the cut, but it's a sort of card where you feel, okay, that actually has more users because you can use it in other matchups as well. And it's not like a bad starter. <laughs> like yeah. You. Um, you can so always mirror just... him at back on like an escape rope too, which is a plus. Yeah, true. I prefer the escape Pro overall, but uh, yeah, um, I just think that Mimikyu is not worth playing. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> That's a uh, yeah. I went out and bought one, and then very quickly shoved it back into the binder after actually playing the games with it. But you know, it's cute. Mimikyu is a cool Pokemon. <laughs> it is. All right, I want to do some like rapid fire Lost Box stuff. I did this before the EUIC one, but. I'm talking about would you include these cards in we're going to say Greninja Lost Box as opposed to the Zard one, because I think we all kind of agreed earlier that Greninja is probably going to be more played, although Zard is still going to show up, right? Like, it's yeah. not a surprise that multiple top. I do expect more Greninja than, than Zard yeah. in Lost Box. I just think there will be more Zard than before. Right. 
So uh, in Greninja decks, would you run the following cards? And no real explanation is kind of a yes, I would run it. No, I would run it. So rapid fire. And we'll go Cameron, then Keon, then Stefan. So would you run Roxanne? Cameron? Yes. Keon? Yes. No. Which, which deck? Like in a, or? any Greninja Lost Zone variant. Any single prize or V focus, not Giratina, not Gudra. Uh, yes, and Radiance are no in Greninja. Cool. And Stefan? Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, I spoke a tough term, but uh, no, You're good. Really awesome. And then the next one would be uh, Halucha. Cameron? Um, yes, but it may be the 61st card. Yeah. Yes. And Stefan? No, I don't like it. Maybe in Sable's Arch, not in Greninja. Cool. Pokegears. Cameron? Yes. Keon? Mm, no. And Stefan? Yes. Sweet. Next one would be a second mana fee. Cameron? No. Keon? Yes. Stefan? Oh. Cool. So... Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other text that I'm missing in there or any of like super obvious ones. I don't think so because then it becomes super deck specific. So those always feel like some of the ones for myself, at least that are, uh, you know, the 61st card, right? <laughs> so figured it was worth kind of getting into. Um, we did talk about Gudra already. We talked about Arceus a little bit, but we just kind of talked about like Shemansky's deck exists and Arceus Giratina exists. But do we expect Arc Piles? You know, with I'm just gonna throw out the stuff that I've been messing around with on it has been the Flying Pika, uh, Umbreon, Aerodactyl, and uh, Vulpix, of course, as like some of the different partners with it. Do we expect an Arc Pile to be viable right now, or is it like, you know, now that the utility of Duraludon and Vulpix is gone, the meta is a little too open? So, Stefan, do you expect Arc Pile decks, take that as you wish, right, to be viable? Now, I mean, viable is maybe the wrong word. Do you expect them to do incredibly well, like to like, hey, these things are going to be everywhere, or it's like someone's going to do well with something, but it's not going to be that good. So, what are you expecting for these Arceus decks? I feel like you will have to, you always have to expect some of it because every time we feel okay, Arceus is not good now, it's under um, underwhelming or whatever. There's always a deck that performs well and better <laughs> than expected. I don't think Arceus will be everywhere. I think there are too many other good decks um, that. Um, that can beat it and stuff, but I do feel like, yeah, you, you have stuff to do with it. Um, someone's going to do well with it. It might make top eights, I don't know. Um, I feel like, um, yeah, you mentioned some stuff like uh, Flight Pikachu. I feel like also um, Tepu Koko um, VMAX might be, it's something that has been very underplayed, and I'm not saying I like it or anything, but um, it's like it regularly comes back in, in Japanese tournaments. Um, you, you regularly see people doing well with it. So I don't know, like maybe for something we're missing, and maybe someone will pick it up and, yeah, you know, some kind of Arceus, Tapu Koko, Flying Pikachu deck. Um, you, you can probably do decently with uh, with something like this. Or maybe something will be completely different. I don't know, Aerodactyl or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I do feel like um, there will be some Arceus decks. Um, in day two, but will not be um, Alex's Arctura or even Artina. There will be some other stuff as well. Keon, what do you think? Kind of an agreement or arc piles just like, man, they're not really it. 
So, like, I didn't test this deck, but I wanted to try, like, Braden Elfert's 12th place deck. I could see playing Pikachu doing well. There's Lost Box on the rise. Um, Like, if there's, like, way more Lost Box and you could find a way to, like, even out the other matchups, I could see it. That, like, a variant like that doing well. Like, Savanta, maybe Lightning. Mm -hmm. so, like, Pikachu might be okay. I will add, if you do want to try out Braden's list, because this is amongst the piles that I have tried. Uh, ponchoing your Pikachu is incredibly important in the Lost Box matchup, or else yep. the Pika's really bad if you don't poncho. <laughs> and Espeon, I mean. Yes. The issue is, though, is vacuums as well. <laughs> also so true. And Cameron, thoughts on Arc Piles? Um, I, I've, Part of me thinks they're good, but I do think the Sky Sealstone and Turbo makes that matchup better. Um, actually quite a bit with triple vacuum because uh, you can get rid of those uh, those ponchos and then you can take four prizes on certain things and so or three prizes on the Arceus so that kind of and I do expect like there to be a lot of turbo so I do wonder if that keeps it down a bit even though I do think like that Espeon like the Pikachu poncho can be annoying for a lot of ducks and two bosses orders is probably yeah. prob too. Yeah. Also true. Even against you know judge spam, that gets mm -hmm. that gets scary. <laughs> All right. The judge spam doesn't always work. <laughs> no, but when it does work, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a good time to jump into Mew V Max. So I want to start with Cameron. Talk me. Why should I play Mew V Max in Portland? Um. I think you said it earlier, it's a pretty simple deck and what it's trying to do, it's trying to judge you. It's trying to hit you for 190 to can hit up to 280, 310 sometimes. Um, and it judges you. And that is very powerful in a, in a format where Lost Box, Gardevoir, um, some other decks are really trying to build up these big combo turns. Um, I was playing against Lee Bui yesterday. I've been playing you. <laughs> um, I was playing against Lee Bui yesterday, and I was talking to Cal, and he's like, yeah, Drapion with Sky Sealstone just bodies that matchup. And then Lee was kind of an agreement, and then I 2-0'd Lee, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard when you're getting judged like four turns in a row under path <laughs> to find everything you need. And I said, yeah, I mean, it's just, it does what it's supposed to do um, most of the time. Sometimes it comes down to a cram's heads or tails, but... Uh, it's just one of those like simple, straightforward decks that's usually pretty strong at the beginning of the format when everyone else is trying to figure out um, what they're doing and what the right list is. And then on the opposite side, Keon, you were pro Mew earlier, so I'm going to force you. Why shouldn't I play Mew VMAX in Portland? Okay, so the issues with Mew, it's, it's not a very powerful deck anymore. It's like the power level is very average, and like against good players who know how to, like, when to use their Drapion or, like, thin their deck or, like, map out their prizes, you'll lose if they know what they're doing because um, some players, like, do know how to play against Mew. Like, Mew, like, destroys people who, like, like use their attacker in the wrong time, don't thin their deck, or attack in the wrong order. Like, if they use your Drapion, like, early, like, that's not smart. You're supposed to, like... There's, there's like, you guys know, like, when to use Drapion is a pretty significant part of the beating Mew. Um, that, but the thing is, like, power level, like, even, like, Lugia, it's like, I know you're supposed to beat them early, but, like, 
when they had Vigar Titar, like you cannot like do enough damage, which is just kind of sucks. So the power <laughs> level's kind of it's pretty average now with everything getting bigger. But um, yeah, I don't think the ceiling is as high. Uh, the ceiling is high for the deck. I do want to add off the Lugia matchup again. I've DM'd quite a few people, both Lugia players and Mew players. And the opinions on the Lugia versus Mew matchup entirely comes down to if the Lugia player drew out of Judge Path and got the Summoning Star. Yeah, because the ones who draw out of it or their opponents drew out of it, they're like, oh, the matchup's unwinnable for Mew. And the ones who don't are like, bro, um, you just bodies Lugia. <laughs> it's just so funny how it's literally just that one turn that decides. I, I do think it's. I do think it got significantly worse though. The matchup from now uh, to before because mm -hmm. they weren't really running a lot of path outs, and now they're playing like four stadiums and a pump kaboo. I've seen some people playing five stadiums and Mesa Goza. Like if you flip heads, gets you out <laughs> of it as well as being a path bump. So I do think it's their chances are higher of getting out of it now. Like, Fana Waves kind of helps, but, like, a T-Tar with a V-Guard is just so annoying to kill, especially if it has Gift and V-Guard. Like, it so much resources to, like, deal with. You just lose when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan, I'm going to let why, you... Like, deck. Go for it. That's why Pony's deck was just... That's why decks right now are just four judge, four path. I just got to win early. <laughs> I mean, so that's what uh, was it? Supreme Court, the Pikaram judge that took worlds by storm that one year. It was kind of the same thing, right? Of like, they, yeah. it had almost 100% conversion rate from day one to day two. And there was one in top cut and they were all over the top 16 and 32 for that exact. I'm, I'm going to just keep judging you over and over again. Eventually it sticks, right? Stefan, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to let you pick. Convince me why I should play Mew or why I shouldn't play Mew. Um, I guess it depends on if you like to play Mew. <laughs> um, I, I, like, it, I think it's strong, like a touch path, uh, so AG and then into and then the Roxanne path. It, it's just strong and you win games that you shouldn't win just because sometimes you, eventually you judge path and uh, the Lost Buck player stops getting uh, like all rest of, of, uh, of judge um, or something like this. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, like, it definitely wins games, but it's, uh, but it does the same thing as God of War. Like, yeah, in theory, God of War can trace very well, but um, turns out that if you cannot use God of War's ability, then the deck is pretty bad. So, uh, uh, like, Muse was one of these decks where, yeah, as Kian said, it's not its power level is not as high as, as it used to be, um, but its disruption power is just uh, like great and like. You, can, you really cannot count it out. Like you really have to expect um, to play against it, and you have to have a plan against it. And sometimes a plan doesn't work out because, again, you get judged left. So I, I feel like it's a good deck if... Uh, it's, it's never a bad choice, uh, but it's a choice where you have your... Admitting that you're taking a risk with, uh, like, people drawing... Wherever people draw out of the judge paths or not. Mm -hmm. And, again, like, it's not like there's... Obviously, every deck you take, you're, take, you're taking a risk, uh, whether or another, uh, whether it's uh, you know in the matchups or the coin flips or whatever. So <laughs> I don't know. Again, it, it comes down to where you like to to play that sort of deck and play the the, the judge path game, basically. But it's a good deck. So now that you've talked, I realize what I should have asked you originally. That was a great answer, though. But Mew versus La or not Lost, or Arceus Giratina. Which do you think is the better 
Judge Path deck? I think Muse A is better. Um, Muse just has, um, uh, like, it's easier to find continually judges and have to peaks uh, mm-hmm. with Mew. So I, I think it's a better deck overall. Okay, that makes sense. The next one I want to get to, and y'all understood the assignment in the original. Y'all mentioned, like, Lugia is not showing up in cups and kind of explained why. But I kind of want to do the same thing as we did with Mew. So we'll go in the opposite order this time. Stefan, why should I play Lugia to Portland Regionals? <laughs> and for those of you listening, you cannot see the look on his face. That was not what <laughs> Stefan wanted to argue. I well, I I will answer the question as you asked it. So you should play Lugia because it's objectively a good deck, like it has good matchups. Um it somehow always plays uh the, the attackers in the tides that matter for the for the format, right? So like you have dark attackers for Mew and for Gardevoir, and you have Stone Joiner for uh Arceus and Miraidon. And so you have good attackers against um most of the meta game, and you're basically um, once the uh, you're basically playing a, a, a one price deck against uh, like against Lost Bucks, for example. You just have a bunch of one prizers that have 130 HP or more, and plus they're hitting for Serena, so you have a very good uh, well, actually, it depends on the Lost Box variant, I guess, but uh, overall, I think most Lost Box decks. Um, have a hard time with Lugia just because it's hard to knock out Lugia's Pokemon. Like you, sure, you can use use Raikou V and you knock out a Lugia V Star, great. And then the Lugia answers with Stone and then you don't deal with Stone very easily unless you're using um, another two prizer. And then again, you can get knocked out. Um, Dragonite is supposed to deal with Tyranitar, but Tyranitar with big card energy actually survives Dragonite, so that's uh, a big deal again. So. Uh, yeah, basically, the results for play Lugia are um, you have a, a plan against every deck in the format, and the Lost Box matchup in particular is good. And since we know that Lost Box will be, uh, well, we we know <laughs> we expect. I think we all expect Lost Box to be one of the most played decks. Uh, that's a good reason uh, to play Lugia. And Akion, why shouldn't I play Lugia in Portland? So, like we said earlier, like the deck is like. Decently consistent, right? But the biggest issue of the deck is it doesn't really go through the deck, right? Like sometimes you will get past and you turn two brunette, then your deck is like 50 cards or like 40 something cards. And sometimes you don't get what you want. Um, um, that was my that's my biggest issue with the deck. It's good, but like it does not draw its deck, and you're just like, uh, but like the negatives about it, hmm. <laughs> I mean, that feels like a very good negative <laughs> of just like you just kind of, well, I drew these cards and so I'm going to play these exact cards and that's it. Yeah, like Stefan said, it's like its matchups are very solid. It's a, it's, it's a good deck. Um, the negatives. The mirrors sucks. <laughs> Which, uh, that, that sucks. I, I don't like playing mirror. I think that's my two biggest takeaways. The mirrors, whatever. Uh, there's no outplay potential. Like, sure, you could play more boss, kill Archeops, or just flood one prizers, but it's kind of miserable. I mean, you could play Dura, but I don't know if, like, you can see people playing Urshifu Max, which is okay. It's not amazing. Um, that helps Mirror, I guess. I don't know how much it helps Mirror. It just answers Dura. That's my biggest issue with the deck, is it draws kind of weird, because 
if you can't play research every turn, your deck is just kind of weird. Your deck is just it's not as like flowy as last one. We had quick balls, ultra balls, and sense. You just like burning through your deck. Um, then the mirror is just whatever. Lockdown <laughs> is a good match. And then Cameron, I want you to discuss a little bit the techs in Lugia, if you think they're good or not. So that would be the Duraludon, the Urshifu, Radiant Serena. Is that keeping in the deck or not? Like, are these things that you should be considering? Like, what are some good techs, bad techs for Lugia? Um, I do think um, you do probably keep the Radiant Serena. It's pretty crucial against Lost Box to keep them from ninjing you if you're not going to play the Mana Fee. Um, I think the Urshi I, I like a bit better than the Duraludon, um, partially because the the you know the secret of Duraludon is no longer as good, and then it's also Urshi's good against Gudra. I think uh, it's probably pretty good against Mirror because they can't one-shot you. Um, and then I think if you do that with Urshi, um, I think the Gardevoir matchup is not great, but if you play like two Veltal and three boss, you can probably beat Guardi. Um, the, the, mm, and I, yeah, that's what I think about the text. <laughs> I don't think there's any other text. Um, just go kind of a straightforward like well you, you got the same 50 whatever cards right that yeah. we saw on top I mean, that's, the down, the, yeah, that's the downside of the deck like they said like it just it it doesn't feel very skill dependent like there's not a lot of skill expression in the deck you kind of just do what's in your hand and most of the time it's pretty straightforward I can also tell the energy level in answering the questions about Lugia. <laughs> All three of you are just like, it's definitely a deck in the format. <laughs> uh, okay. The last one that I have to mention, or else I'm going to get angry Twitter, or I'm going to get angry comments after you answer it, unfortunately. But if I don't ask it, I'm going to get angry comments. So, Maridon, top eight at EUIC. The deck is absolutely broken, right? Kian, I don't think we've started with you in a while. Maridon, good, bad, the play, was top eight, lucky. What do you think about Maridon? Average. <laughs> is average, like, unplayable, or is average just like, eh, you can do okay, maybe? You can do okay, but I don't think it's, like, a tier one deck at all. <laughs> Cameron, Maridon, thoughts? It's a deck that does really well at the first tournament of the year because it's fast and can catch people off guard. But I think it's it's not as strong as the other decks. And Stefan, Maridon thought more positivity for Maridon or no? <laughs> yeah, see, that's a, that's a strange thing. Like I would, ex I did expect Maridon to do better in the first tournament, like to do, to do well, um, because yeah, it goes fast and and, and so on. But at the same time, like, it did win uh, a Champions League in Japan uh, towards the end of their SV1A format, which is basically what we have plus like, a few other cards in, like, but it's basically very similar format to, to ours. And we actually won a Champions League, like, with 2,500 people or something. Mm -hmm. And I don't really understand, well, actually, I do understand why, the reason why is because Lost Box was falling in over there because people were taking against it a lot, lots of Lugia and stuff like this, and they just went fast and knocked out the Lugias. Um, but I don't know, like it feels like the deck can work, but it's also a bit random, like it's a bit high roll. Um, if you draw well, the deck is very good. If you hit your generators, then you 
you do very well. Um, but if you don't, uh, it's also a deck where, yeah, you, sometimes you just whiff and then there's nothing you can do or you just get a, a bad hand and then you can really do nothing. So um, it's a high roll deck. Like you can do well with, um, you, you can do do well with a, with a bit of luck. And I do think that the, the chromomatic inclusion uh, that uh, Robert Greenbrum had in his top eight uh, UIC list was smart because it, like it can help the deck get its uh, lose his uh, useless pieces like Nestball over the course of the game and grab Elfish Generator, which is often the only card you need. So I do think that was um, like that was a reason for why he made the top eight is that he had a good idea in in building his deck. But I also do think that the deck is high rolly and um, it's not something I would necessarily recommend to people. Um, but it's better than we give it credit for, which is not, I mean, but we don't <laughs> give it all the credit anyway. So I don't know, I guess average might be the, the good, uh, Kian had it right. <laughs> average was the, the right description. I would like that guy's list to top date though, because the biggest issue is like, the deck is like only plays like three, four turns and like, and you need like some speed, like cram. That's the whole point of the deck is just hitting generator. Um, I don't know. There, I don't know if there's anything you could exploit, like playing Penny in it, or I'm just looking at his list. Like, like the whole point of the deck is to like hit turn one knockout, and you do that, you just aggro people. So, but the issue is, I I do think the Mew matchups is kind of hard. Sure, you could outspeed it, but you have to answer your path. Hand mm-hmm. disruption. I could be wrong, but yeah. No, that sounds right. I think the Mew matchup is bad. I think Mew matchup is uh, yeah. it's not good for. <laughs> For me, right on. Yeah, because taking the first few prizes doesn't actually do anything unless you play like Sealstone on Raikou, which doesn't even knock out you. And you have to play four. So. I, I have seen Miriam list with Sky Sealstone, but they're the exception. Yeah. That also feels like something that's not going to work multiple times. Like, <laughs> like, you know, you, like, you know it's coming, so you're able to psychically sum your stuff up, and you can just kind of like continually psychically for a while. I don't know. That doesn't sound like Sky Soulstone's going to make a massive difference. I could be wrong. Maybe Sky Soulstone's yeah. broken and someone's going to prove me wrong. But as long as Psychic Leap exists, that doesn't sound the best strategy in the world. Um, okay. Questions from Twitter. We got the stuff about Giratina. Thank you to Chimpokomon and Chris for asking questions about that. But we did get one from Toddy the Mawild. Does this format have any prefer go second matchups? And I feel very safe saying the most likely one would be a Lost Box variant. So the first thing I want to ask is going blind game one. You can pretend any Lost Box variant you want to. Would you go first or second blind? into a matchup and we'll just go Cameron and the key on the Stefan. So Cameron, if you're going blind and lost box, do any variants want to go second or are you going first with all of them or vice versa? Uh, I think I go second with Sablezard and I really like Sablezard. It was my second choice for UIC behind Guardi. Um, I just think that deck is more consistent. Turn one, you play multiple gears, you have um, the, um, the, the fog orb, crystal, whatever, the fog, fog crystal, yeah. yeah. Um, so you just have more outs in the early game. You can play switchers as well, so you just have like more switching outs as well. So I just feel a little more comfortable with getting the turn one uh, consistently with that variant, um, going blind into uh, any deck. 
Gian, what do you say? Are there any loss zone variants that you'd want to go second with? Or all I think of I agree them? With, I think I agree with Cameron with that build. If you play Gears, depends on your list, too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you play Gears, you're more inclined to go second. Like, and but like my thought about like, I, I'd be kind of scared to blindly go second versus like Lugia or um, or um, Gardevoir. But like, I, in general, I go f- with Greninja builds. I try to go first versus uh, Lugia and uh, or one of my friends thinks going second is better versus Lugia. So you try to turn one Raikou them and hope they get two, <laughs> which is, I think is kind of greedy. But I always just go first with um, with Turbo since um, I know you play Forest, but do you have to hit your core or like, I think I rather just Lost Zone. I would try to get like two like lost zones, confies, turn one, then go from there. Like, but I think I agree with Cameron. That build is like designed to go turn one cram, and it's still good. It's still fine going first too. But yeah, I do love the like the Lugia tech is just draw hot and get lucky. <laughs> that's a that's a, that sounds like a viable tech right there. Just Raikou turn one and pray. <laughs> I mean, it's good too because you make them put two Lugias on. There's more prizes. Yeah, that's why they play Steelstone boss. Yeah, and Stefan, uh, you're going blind. Are there any lost zone variants you'd want to go second with, or all of them, or etc.? Maybe Civil Zard. I'm not sure, but um, because uh, I don't have that much experience with Civil Zard, but um, that list might be might want to go second, going blind for the reasons that Cameron uh, and Kian said. I think that uh, with every other. If, any other list you want to go first. And I think that has to do with um, the way uh, the decks are built, like the, the, the thresholds you want to reach. Because if you're playing uh, a Granger list, you have Mirage Gate, and so you want to reach seven cards, but the, the important part. And you can do that going first on turn two, right? You mm-hmm. compress, you confi three times and then a vacuum, or four times and vacuum something, or maybe one more confi. Like depending on what you play, the trouble list can do that more easily. Uh, but um, yeah, that's basically how that works. Um, with Sibylla, you don't really care about Mirage Gate. You might play some, but you don't need them on turn two or anything. And you're mostly wanting to go to 10, good 10 as fast as possible for Sibylla. And because of this, um, like if you go first, if you go second, I mean, not only do you get to turn one primary, but you can also, again, depending on your list, but I'm assuming that you play some kind of triple list with Blast Vacuums, uh, you can also reach 10. Uh, causing Lozen by turn two and start using Sibylite by turn two. And I think that's um, I think that's the difference between the Sibylite, Sibyl Zard, sorry, uh, deck and the Overlozen variants. And why I think that, Loz, uh, that Overlozen decks, like even in the, in the Turbo list uh, Mirror Match, you probably want to go first. Um, I, guess, I guess that's, I mean, that's also, uh, that I might be, uh, that might be your next question or something. So I was I no, no, no. It, go but... for it. Lead us off on the next question. Lasso mirror. <laughs> Do you want to go first or second? Uh, well, again, I think I prefer Greenja variants. I feel like Greenja um, brings a lot uh, to those blocks, not only a, as a draw engine, but also as a big threat, right? Something that you have to, people have to bench Manaphy to get their Manaphy ASAP or um, you cannot, or yeah, you're going to get uh, Moonlight Cherry Hands. And um, yeah, and I think that you want to go first because you have this threat, and you're first thing. And even if the, the opponent can go uh, Manafi from um, turn one, they also need Manafi, or, or you're gonna answer very um, quickly. And uh, yeah, I think that getting the first Mirage Gate is usually more important than getting the first Formers. 
you're not even sure what Chrome is actually going to work because um, you could be, I don't know, getting some, like the, 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 the main component is not as important as the threat from Grinch, I think. Yeah, you cram right into my Pidget and then you just lose the game. That's yeah. the... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, for example. Uh, Kian, are there any lost sock box mirrors where you want to go second or are you always choosing to go first? Um, I think going first is safer, like you guys said. But like ratings are second, but um, I can see the debate going second because you want the first cram. But like getting more lost zones is really important. If you play, if, if you play two cram, I could see the argument for going second because you cram knockout or the damage they cram, then you cram back, right? Mm. Like uh, going like second with one cram. Then you need, you need to have ten lost on our attack with V. So I rather go first. And Cameron, same question. Um, I think going first is safer for sure. But if you think you're going to run hot, I think going <laughs> second is better. <laughs> like, uh, but it does put that pressure on you to hit everything, um, on like multiple turns. So I don't know. I, I like I prefer going first, and maybe like making them hit into your ninja or hit into, like, if you play a Snorlax, like, do something like that and to tank a hit mm. uh, if you're going first um, and and then to pop off on turn two. Yeah, the cram into the Snorlax. As much as I love the Pidget, that's a very cuttable car, but the Snorlax is... Uh, yeah, or the Pidget. It's, yeah, the Snorlax is absolutely nuts. And another one of those, like, 61st cards in every Lost Zone deck that I build. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know... Snorlax would be good here. <laughs> last question. This one comes from Andre. Andre, I don't know how to say your last name. I'm so sorry. Chasen? The what? got top four worlds. Top eight Chiasson, worlds. Chiasson. Right? I mean, if you pronounce this French way, it's Chiasson, but okay. I don't know how it's pronounced in Canada. In Quebec. All right. So what they asked is, this is the true important question. What color of nail polish is optimal for Gardevoir players? So you you going purple to match the cards? Are you going pink because it's a fairy type? Are you going other because, you know, you got the sleeves? Stefan, you're the only one who I know will wear nail <laughs> polish, so that looks good on stream. So we'll start with you. What is the optimal? So it's actually a trick question because <laughs> you don't choose the color in, depending on your um, on your deck because... You, the, the color has, if you don't want to give any information on the, to the opponent, right? you don't want them to be, oh, you're playing with purple sleeves or playing new or card of war. You don't want to be like, oh, you're playing yellow sleeves, you're playing mirror down. So you, the choice should be completely independent. And since the choice of, of nail color should be the same as the choice of sleeves, then you just pick a color that you want to, to wear that day, uh, whichever you have or whichever you look good or whichever you haven't used in a while. And you just, uh, just do this. Like you never, there's no color, but is better for God of War or for Lost Box because it has to be completely random. You don't want, uh, again, I'm not saying never play, uh, never play purple um, with purple nails if you're playing a psychic deck. Again, that would also give the information. You would just want to pick completely independently of your deck. Is that how known is this meta? Because this is all new to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about this. <laughs> Cameron, you seem to be enjoying this. What are your thoughts? I think it's pink. I think you got to <laughs> can't go purple. That's disrespect to fairy. You got to respect the fairy type. <laughs> and Keon, what about you? Lavender. Lavender. Why lavender? 
I think the color is cool. That's valid. <laughs> Can't disagree <laughs> with that one. All right. Uh, I'll give a chance to give any shout outs. Be sure to follow all these great people on Twitter, but we'll go Cameron first. Any shout outs and where can the people find you if they want more stuff from you? Um, Tabletop Village, Someone's PC, um, all the people in Seattle and kind of the Bay Area. Those are the main people I play with. And then I guess you can really just find me on Twitter, uh, Twitter slash Cameron Chinoy. And yeah. Keon, what about you? Shout outs and where can the people find you if they want more? Um, shout out to my Bay Area homies. Shout out to Cameron. Still talk to him even though he moved away from me. <laughs> uh, shout out to someone's PC. Shout out to my, my sponsor store, Card Art at Sunnyvale. And shout out to all my friends who helped me play this game still. And my Twitter is Keon, uh, Keon Nakano. And Stefan, what about you? Shout outs and where can the people find you? Yeah, so shout outs to the French community and especially the, 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 the few people who are coming to Portland with me because I was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to go to the European Regionals in Malmö this, in May. Uh, so I'm, I want to go to a US Regionals instead. Uh, I'm going to Portland. Anyone wants to come with me? And like um, my friend Mathieu was like, yeah, sure. Fabian was like, yeah, sure. So we're, and his brother is coming too. Uh, so that's why I'm in this uh, discussion, by the way. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, shout out to TCG Park, who I'm writing articles for. I have um, a guide to uh, the Kyogre variant of Lost Zone coming up very soon. So be sure to check that out if uh, it interests you in any way. And otherwise, you can see me, uh, follow me on Twitter, as always. I'm not excited to hear that three of the best players from France are coming. <laughs> <laughs> like... Y'all, y'all got to make it that much harder for us. <laughs> we, we, we'll see. They've done that a couple we'll times this year. No promises. <laughs> Myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. If you're on iTunes, please leave a review. iTunes users, y'all are Slack and Spotify. You're doing a good job. YouTubers, you're doing a good job too. And I appreciate that. Help to get more ears to hear these lovely people's opinions. This has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. Catch you all next. We'll catch you all in two weeks. No episode next week. I'm going to be in Portland. Catch you all in two weeks.